They were on their way to the new world when a rendezvous with an iceberg crushed all of their dreams and hopes. There was panic and tears and heartbreaking goodbyes, like that of Jack and Rose. Or was there? Let's see how well you know the real story of Titanic. The love story of Jack Dawson and Rose DeWitt Bukater was inspired by true events. What do you say? Is it a myth or a fact? The most emotional Titanic love story was actually all made up by the screenwriter and director of the famous movie, James Cameron. Some passengers featured in the movie were real though, and by a mere coincidence, there was a Jay Dawson on board. His name was Joseph, not Jack, and he worked as a coal trimmer. The most expensive object lost with the Titanic was a painting by Pablo Picasso. What's your take on this one? It's a myth, another one given to us by the famous movie. The most valuable item that went down with the Titanic was probably a Mary Joseph Blondell painting, created in 1814. Some other valuable items were a violin that belonged to Wallace Hartley, the musician who insisted that they had to play till the very last moment. There was also a 1912 Renault Type CB Coupe de Ville that would now cost millions of dollars, a handwritten manuscript by Joseph Conrad, first edition essays by Francis Bacon, five Steinway grand pianos, and, of course, some fine china plates and cups and first-class passengers' jewelry. The Titanic was the largest and the most luxurious passenger ship of its time. Does it sound real to you? Yep, it's totally true. In April 1912, the Titanic was the largest ship ever built. It was 882 feet long and had a maximum passenger capacity of 2,435 people. That's not a lot compared to the largest cruise ship of today, the Symphony of the Seas. It's just a bit longer than the Titanic, but has more than double the passenger numbers. And yes, no other cruise liner has probably beaten the Titanic in terms of luxury to this day. It costs more than $200 million to build in today's money. The tickets were also quite expensive. Duh! First-class tickets ranged in price from $1,700 in today's money for a berth up to $50,000 for one of the two parlor suites. Second-class tickets were $700. Third-class passengers had to pay between $170 to $460. Most of the passengers of the unsinkable ship managed to survive. True or false? Sadly, it's false. Only 37% of all the passengers actually survived the meeting with the Titanic. Around 61% of the first-class passengers, 42% of the second-class passengers, and 24% of the third-class passengers made it out alive. The Titanic was passing through the Bermuda Triangle when things went wrong, and that's probably why it sunk. What do you say, myth or reality? It's 100% a myth. The Titanic never even came close to the Bermuda Triangle. 
the liner sank about 400 miles south of Newfoundland, which is a huge distance to the north of Bermuda, the infamous area where ships and planes disappear without a trace. We might have the moon to blame for the sinking of the Titanic. True or false? This one is true. The moon heavily affects the tides on Earth. The closer the moon is to the Earth, the stronger the tides are because of the increasing gravity of our satellite. Back in 1912, the moon was so close it made several glaciers in Greenland break apart. Massive chunks of ice that broke off from the glaciers started floating south. The supermoon event came just six minutes after a spring tide. The alignment of the moon, the sun, and the earth that makes their combined gravity reach its peak twice a month. And the day before, our planet had come the closest to the sun that year, which made the gravity even stronger. This mixture of events created perfect conditions for one of the most powerful tides in history. Icebergs breaking off from Greenland's glaciers drift off to the coastal waters of Labrador and Newfoundland, where they often run aground. To move on, they need to either melt and become lighter, or catch a high tide that would carry them further. The 1912's tide was as high as it gets. So, they shifted many shipping routes south because of the huge amount of icebergs. But not the Titanic, of course, as they believed it was unsinkable. It took 4 hours and 40 minutes for the Titanic to sink. What do you say? It's false, and if you're a Titanic expert, you definitely know it was actually 2 hours and 40 minutes. And this was slow enough, given the damage caused by the iceberg. It didn't sink faster, thanks to the ship's construction. There were 16 watertight compartments in the lower part of the ship. They worked as a lifeline. When the iceberg crashed into the hull, it broke into six boxes. The Titanic could have stayed afloat only if four compartments had been damaged. Water filled the first six compartments within one hour. During this time, the ship tilted slightly to the right side. Then, water began to flood the seventh box when all six boxes were filled. And from that moment, the sinking rate was growing with every second. The ship's bow sank under the water and then the stern filled up. One of the leading reasons for the Titanic tragedy was signal rockets. True or false? What's your take on it? This one is true. When any ship sinks, the crew members must release red flares. It's a signal to all nearby ships that someone is in trouble. But for an unknown reason, someone put white lights in the Titanic's rocket box. When the ship crashed into an iceberg, the crew members released white flares. Another ship, SS Californian, was nearby at the time. Its captain knew the Titanic was going through a dangerous iceberg area. The crew of this ship didn't see the Titanic in the dark, but they noticed white rockets. Radio communication between the vessels didn't work. The SS Californian operator turned off the receiver. The Californian captain felt that something was wrong, so he sent a Morse lamp signal to the Titanic. But it was too late. The ship was already underwater, so no one could respond. Another ship, Samson, was sailing alongside the Titanic. It drifted with lights off since it was catching seals, and that's not legal. 
When the captain saw the Titanic's white rockets, he thought it was the Coast Guard. So Samson sailed away as fast as they could. They realized they had abandoned the drowning passengers once they made it to Iceland and learned the horrible news. In 1996, one expedition managed to raise the Titanic from the ocean floor. Do you believe it? If you don't, you're right. There were different ideas on how to raise the Titanic, from doing it with compressed air to putting it in wire mesh and covering it with liquid nitrogen or using giant magnets. The only real attempt to raise the Titanic was made in 1996, and it failed dramatically. The expedition's goal was to lift a part of its hull, weighing about 21 tons. It would still have been the largest piece to see the sunlight again, if the operation had succeeded, that is. They lowered four large bags filled with diesel fuel to the bottom of the ocean and attached them to the hull plate. Then, the fuel bags were released and they started lifting the pieces on their own. The plate was about 200 feet below the surface when the weather got rough. The expedition members decided to tow the part to calmer waters around 80 miles away. Long before they reached the towing destination, half of the plate broke off and sank to the bottom again. Two of the lifting bags seemed to have broken loose and the hull went down. The Titanic will most likely crumble to dust halfway up if someone tries lifting it again. So, how many correct answers do you have? Let me know in the comments below. Today, I only have two riddles for you, but it means that you're not going to crack them easily. Prepared? Here's the first one. Far, far away from any civilization, there is a remote island with 20 inhabitants. They were born there, and all their lives they've been into math which helped them become pretty perfect logicians. Unfortunately, they're imprisoned, being trained to win the Nobel Prize, and they can't leave the island. Well, actually, there's a way. Each islander can approach a guard at night and ask to leave the island. If the islander who asked to leave has green eyes, they will be allowed to leave. If not, they'll be tossed into the island's volcano instead. So, obviously, no one takes the risk because none of them knows their eye color. The thing is that all of them actually have green eyes, so each one could theoretically leave, but, well, none did. They don't have any reflective surfaces, they're mute, and they're not allowed to communicate with each other in any way. The only time they all see each other is during the lineup every morning. One day, I got the privilege to travel to the island and present myself during the lineup. I could make an announcement, but there was one strict rule. I couldn't tell them any new information unless I wanted to be thrown into a volcano. But I really wanted to help those guys out, so here's what I said. At least one of you has green eyes. How many days will it take all of them to leave the island after my announcement? Okay, maybe 20 is a bit hard to figure out right away. So let's first consider the case of two islanders, Etta and Phi. Both of them have green eyes, but they don't know their eye color. So the day when I announce the statement, they pay attention to it and look at each other, remembering the eye color. Etta sees that Phi has green eyes, which aligns with my statement, but she can't be sure that she has green eyes too. Phi does the same. She sees Etta's green eye color, but he isn't sure about his own eye color. So the night comes and none of them leaves. When they both see each other the next day, they realize something. 
Edda realizes that if Fi had seen that she didn't have green eyes, he would have understood that the one person with green eyes was him and would have left the island that night. But he didn't do it. So Edda realizes that Fi saw her green eyes and wasn't sure about his eye color. So her eyes must be green. Fi has the very same logic and figures out that he has green eyes too. So now they both know it. And the second night, they both leave. In the case of the two islanders, they both left the second night. Now, let's say there are three people on the island Edda, Phi, and Theta. Each of them sees two green eyed people, but they still can't be sure about their own eye color. So, no one leaves the first night. In the morning, they see each other again, but unfortunately, none of them are sure again. Theta thinks that possibly her eyes aren't green, and Edda and Phi were watching each other. She figures that now they will both see that none of them left and will leave the next night. Each one of the three thinks so, and once again, no one leaves. The second night passes, and the three islanders meet the third morning. So, Theta is now sure that Edda and Phi weren't just watching each other, but her too. So, she must have green eyes. Edda and Phi, who were following the same logic all the way, realize the same thing. So all of them figure that they have green eyes and leave on the third night. Now, if I add another islander, the same logic will work, and it'll take one more night to figure it out. In our case, there are 20 islanders. They will all see 19 green eyed islanders and will all wonder if others see 18 or 19 green eyed islanders. So they will watch each other for 19 nights, and when they see each other on the 20th morning, they will all leave on the 20th night after that. Okay, great job. Here's the second riddle. This one is much easier in my opinion, so I'll give you a little break. But you still need to keep your brains turned on. You take a voyage across a sea, delivering fish tanks with rare species of fish to scientists who will work on increasing the population of that said fish species. But on your way, you get into a storm, and the fish tanks get drowned in the sea. The records get lost too, so you're not even sure how many fish tanks there were to start with. Still, you must find them all. Good news, there's a rescue submarine you can use, but there's only enough fuel for one trip to the bottom of the ocean. So, before going down, you make some inspections. Thermal imaging detects 50 organisms in the areas where you have lost the fish tanks. Those are your fish and sharks, which are not yours. Using a scanner, you scan three regions of the sea more closely. Region A, Region B, and Region C. The scanner shows that in Sector A, there are four fish tanks and two sharks. In Region B, there are two fish tanks and four sharks. Just as you're about to scan Region C, the scanner breaks down and doesn't show you anything. So, you need to figure out how many fish tanks there are to send to the submarine. This is not an easy task, especially with lost records. You don't know exactly how many fish tanks were on board, but you remember that there were no more than 13 of them. You also don't know how many fish there are in each fish tank, but you know that it's the same amount in each one of them. There's also information that in every sector, there's a different amount of sharks, and not more than seven in each one of them. 
Knowing all this, can you figure out how many fish tanks drowned in Sector C? The best way to solve this kind of problem is by using a table. So, we know that there are 13 fish tanks at most. Six of them were located in sectors A and B. So there are between 6 to 13 fish tanks in total. Can't be more, can't be less, since we already have 6. Now, let's move on to the sharks. In each sector, there are no more than 7 sharks. Also, there's never the same amount of sharks in two regions. Since regions A and B have 2 and 4 sharks, the possible number of sharks in region C is 1, 3, 5, 6, and 7. Let's put these numbers in the rows. In a column next to it, we put 6 in each row. That's the number of sharks in regions A and B. Now we know that there were 50 creatures located in the waters. So for each possible amount of sharks, we can calculate the remaining amount of fish. 43 in case of 6 sharks plus 1 in region C. 41 in case of 6 sharks plus 3 in region C. 39 in case there are 5 sharks in region C. 38 if there are 6 sharks there. And 37 fish in total if there are 7 sharks in the last region. Okay, now we have to remember that the number of fish is the same in every tank. So, the total amount of fish must be divisible by one of the possible values for the total amount of fish tanks. 43, 41, and 37 are prime numbers that aren't divisible at all. In case of 38, we'd need 19 tanks, two fish in each, but we know that the maximum number of fish tanks is 13. So the only possible scenario is 39 fish in 13 tanks, meaning three fish in each tank. So in region C, seven more fish tanks got lost on the bottom of the sea. I hope you can find them all now. Daniel and Cherry have been talking on the phone for a while. Today, they decided to go for a coffee. This is the first time they're going to meet in person and they haven't seen any pictures of each other. Cherry texts Daniel. I will wear a pair of pink hair clips. When Daniel arrives at the coffee shop, he sees three ladies, and surprisingly, all of them are wearing pink hair clips. Can you help Daniel find his date? Take a look at the first table carefully. There are two coffee mugs. This means that this lady is already with someone. The lady sitting at the second table is already enjoying her coffee and a book. Clearly, she's not here for a date. And the third lady is wearing a beautiful dress and her table is empty. Therefore, she's Cherry. Cherry's ex-boyfriend, Drake, is a powerful magician. He doesn't want to let her go, so he kidnaps Cherry and locks her on top of a high tower with only one window and no doors at all. Also, Drake sets a magic fire around the tower for extra protection and leaves. Cherry realizes that she has little time to escape. She looks around and sees three magic potions. The bottles are labeled. One would give her incredible physical strength. The other one would turn Cherry into a vampire. And the third one would let her summon any animal. Which potion should she use?
Even if Cherry destroys the tower, she can do nothing with the magic fire. And no animal can help her escape. But if she becomes a vampire, she'll be able to turn into a bat and fly away. Cherry escapes and finds herself in an enchanted forest. Can you find four magical creatures here? Take a look at this cave. There's a troll hiding inside. Also, there are two pixies sitting on the flowers. And this tree is a wood goblin. Cherry goes ahead and finds a road sign. There are three routes leading to the nearest village. An immortal fire-breathing dragon is guarding the first path. The second route lies through the lands of a witch. She hates men and turns every guy who dares to enter her land into a stone statue. And the third path is a habitat for leopards. Can you help Cherry choose the best route? The second option sounds good. Cherry is a woman, so the witch has no reason to turn her into a statue because she only hates men. Cherry asks the witch to help her find the village. The witch offers a deal. If you crack my pattern riddle, I'll tell you. But if not, you'll be my servant forever. Cherry had nothing to do but agree. You can have pepper, but not salt. You can have beef, but not chicken. Carrots, broccoli, and cabbage. But no potato in any form. Oh, and you have to eat with a spoon. Can you help Cherry crack the pattern? She's only allowed items containing two of the same letters in a row. The witch helps Cherry find a road. Three drivers stop and offer a ride to the village. Can you help Cherry choose the safest option? There's a zombie hiding in the back of the first car. And there are no passenger seats in the third car. Although the second car's windshield is cracked, it's still the best choice. Finally, Cherry finds the village. This place is magical. Many amazing creatures live here. Suddenly, a half-hippo approaches Cherry and yells, Please help me. One of these guys had stolen my clothes. Can you guess who? Take a look at the dog's badge. It says Hippo. So, it was the dog who stole his shirt. Cherry meets the local farmer, Timothy. He used to keep chickens in another country. Things were going well and he made good money. But then he bought a big farm in this village and moved there. Soon, Timothy got to know that floods are very frequent in this area. But he didn't get upset and decided to breed ducks instead of chickens. Why? Ducks can swim, so floods aren't so dangerous for them. Timothy invites Cherry over for dinner at home. But unfortunately, Cherry's ex-boyfriend Drake had already found them. He captures Timothy and Cherry at the farmer's house. 
Suddenly, the phone rings. Drake allows Timothy to take the phone, but he can't reveal the situation. Otherwise, Drake will use his magic wand to turn them into snakes. So Timothy replies, Hey mom, how can I help you? I'm home and about to go to bed. If it's not an emergency, can I call you later? I'm really sleepy. 30 minutes later, the police arrive, confiscate the magic wand, and rescue the guys. How did Timothy ask for help? He held the mute button saying everything except the words help, home, emergency, and call. The detective gives Drake a chance to get freedom. He can pass through one of these three doors. Jungles full of dangerous animals are hiding behind the first door. Behind the second door, there's a tank with ice water that is impossible to stand in for even a minute. And there's a giant fire-breathing dino behind the third door. Which door is more or less safe? Drake should pick the third door. Dinos don't breathe fire, and they went extinct millions of years ago. Drake returns to his castle and discovers that someone had broken all the bottles with his precious potions in his lap. Drake gets furious and interrogates his three goblin servants. Willie says, I was cleaning the castle all day long. I didn't even enter your lab today. Tilly says, I was picking roses in the garden in the morning. Then I entered your lab to bring rose petals for your potions. Everything was fine. And Billy says, I was cooking dinner in the kitchen and then I went to the bathroom to take a quick shower. Who's lying? Tilly, he didn't pick the roses. They're still in the garden. Meanwhile, Timothy drives Cherry home. They stop to buy something on the way. Can you guess what exactly by just looking at this image? Kiwi! Then Timothy takes two pictures of Cherry. Can you find 10 differences between them? Here they are! Someone robbed Cherry's house when she was on a picnic on the 4th of July. The detective finds four suspects and questions them about what they were doing that day. Bobby, the fireman, says, I was on duty the day before. I was very tired, so I went sleeping all day long. Nick is a student. He says, I was celebrating Independence Day with my family. Rick, the manager, says, It was a holiday and I was playing games with my roommates. Then we watched TV all night. And Kyle, the postman, says, I was at the post office all day. All my colleagues saw me. The detective identifies the robber immediately. What about you? It was Kyle. He couldn't work at a post office on the 4th of July. It's a public holiday. Cherry receives her first salary and hides the cash in her closet. 
Cherry's three roommates are not at home at this time, so she just leaves the money and goes to the gym right away. After a while, Cherry returns home and discovers that her money had been stolen from the closet. She starts looking all over the room, but finds no clues. Suddenly, her three roommates enter the room. Cherry asks each of them, Has anyone stolen my money? Bella replies, I was in college all day. I just got home from lunch and I didn't enter this room. Anna says, I came home for lunch as well, but after Bella. I opened the closet door to look for some documents, but there was no money inside. And Megan says, I had no idea that you were hiding cash in the closet. I just returned from work. You should talk to the security guard. Who's the thief? Bella must have concluded that if Cherry is searching this room, money should have been stolen only from here, so she doesn't sound suspicious. But Anna said that she had searched the closet and found no money. Meanwhile, Cherry didn't mention the closet in the first place. Therefore, Anna is the thief. I've prepared an animal test for you. I'll show you a picture, and your task is to say which animal it is. Sounds easy? Let's see. Don't forget to keep score, and in the end, we'll show you how well you did. We'll start with something easy, and then it'll get harder. The first one, this animal. Who is it? What do you think? Of course, it's an elephant. Elephants are the biggest land animals, and their trunks are incredibly sensitive. And Asian elephants can pick up a peanut and even shell it. Next up, this one here. Who is it? This one is for sure a turtle. Did you know that it's not DNA that determines the gender of newborn turtles? It's the temperature in the nest. If the temperature is cool, the hatchlings will be male. If the temperature is warm, the hatchlings will be female. Who do you think this cutie is? It's a penguin. Humans give flowers to their loved ones to show affection and appreciation. But penguins give rocks to each other. Also, penguins can control the blood flow in their feet. That's why they don't freeze. I know you know this one, so shoot your shot. Of course, it's a squirrel. These guys take their food seriously. They can find it beneath a whole foot of snow. Also, they can fake bury a nut to dupe potential thieves. Still, they lose about 25% of their buried food to other squirrels. What about this animal? Do you recognize it? Yes, it's a fox. Did you know they can make around 40 different sounds? Another well-known animal. Who is it? It's a giraffe. Their coat patterns are unique. There are no two giraffes with the same pattern. Also, they only drink once a few days, even when the water is nearby. What is this animal? That's a camel. They can live for weeks without a single drop of water, even more than giraffes. 
Just for comparison, a human can only last three days without water. But when camels do drink, they can drink around 40 gallons in a go. You must know this one well. Who is it? It's a hippo, of course. They really love grass and can eat like 80 pounds of it in one night. And yes, they sleep during the day and get active at night. This one, what is it? That's a rhino for sure. Turns out, rhinos have quite poor eyesight. If you stay 100 feet away from them and don't move, they won't see you. But they do have a strong sense of smell, so this helps. Also, they love mud. They roll in it to get a protective layer that protects them from insects and keeps them cool. Who do you think this one is? It's a skunk. Did you know that they are immune to snake venoms and can even eat dangerous snakes? What about this cute animal? Do you recognize it? It's a harp seal. And this white furry coat makes them one of the most adorable animals on the planet. But the coat doesn't last long. Harp seals only have them until they're about six weeks old. What about this? What is it? It's a scorpion. These guys are actually older than the dinosaurs. Also, they can live a year without food. And they glow in the dark. What about this big guy? Do you know who he is? That's a moose. Did you know that they only live in places where there is snow in winter? Tell me what animal this one is. It's a wolf. Turns out they're born completely blind and deaf. Of course, later it changes. A grown wolf can hear what's going on six miles away. Also, they have around 200 million smell cells. What about this animal? Do you know what it is? Orangutan. They're very intelligent and they even use tools like sticks and even self-made gloves out of leaves when dealing with thorny branches. I know you know this one well, so just hit it. This is a meerkat. They live in deserts and they don't need water to live. They get all the needed moisture from the insects and other foods they eat. What about this one? Do you know its name? Tasmanian Devil. Their bite is so hard that they can crush bones. They also like to scream loudly and they do that to scare off other animals. And a fun fact, they store their fat in the tails. Next up, this one. Who is it? That's a squid, of course. Squids have three hearts. Also, they eat other squids that are smaller. Can you recognize this fish? It's an electric eel. Their shock is so powerful that it can knock off a horse. Also, they have poor eyesight, 
so they have to release a weak electric signal to navigate. What do you think this cute animal is? It's a red panda. Their diet is 97% bamboo. The other 3% include eggs, flowers, and small mammals. What do you think this is? It's a warthog. These guys are vegetarians, and even though they're strong, they prefer to run over fighting. Also, they enjoy being groomed, so they allow monkeys to do that. Okay, here's the next one for you. Does it look familiar? It's a porcupine. Their name actually means thorn pig. They're actually shy creatures and good swimmers. As for their quills, it's actually a myth that they can shoot them at predators. However, they're easily detached. So if you ever touch them, the quills are likely to stick to your hand. Who is this? It's a groundhog. They sleep all winter and are also impressive builders. Their homes can be as long as 60 feet. This animal must be quite easy to guess. Who is it? Of course, it's a platypus. Did you know that they are lethally venomous? But no worries, no case was yet recorded. Okay, what about this guy? This is an aardvark. He's actually the first word in an English dictionary. They live on the African continent and they don't walk fully on their feet, just on their toes. Next up, this one with crazy eyes. What's your call? This one is called Ai-Ai and it's native to Madagascar, but it doesn't have a good reputation there. Some native people believe that Ai-Ai's bring bad luck. What about this cute guy right here? That's a prairie dog. Don't let their cute looks trick you. They're quite fierce. Also, they are very intelligent and have advanced vocabulary. Not only can they warn their buddies that a human is approaching. What about this bird? This is an okapi. They belong to the giraffe family and they only live in one country now, the Democratic Republic of Congo. Humans only discovered them a bit over a hundred years ago in 1901. No, it's not a Pokemon. It's an actual animal that exists in real life. What's it called? That's a nudie branch. It's a sea slug living in shallow waters all over the oceans. Another easy one for you. Who is it? Yes, it's a mink. Just like cats, they purr when they're happy. Do you know who this is? That's a margay. No one knows for sure how many of them there are globally. What's this cute animal? It's a pika. They're related to rabbits, 
but they're pikas. They actually have tails, but you can't see them because they're hidden under the fur. Last question, probably the hardest one. What is this? It's called a tardigrade. It's a microscopic animal that's been on Earth for 600 million years and have survived through the Earth's all big five extinction events and will likely survive any apocalypse. So, how many did you get right? Let me know in the comments.